0: Welcome to the third uh, Rain Race Podcast Indianapolis 500 extra episode, still uh, without Kyle Cuthbertson, because if I'm being honest with you, I figured out the problem. Kyle is actually sleeping. He apparently has this weird, um, not weird, but unnecessary trend of deciding to take a nap right after practice ends, and we're recording these episodes at about 8 o'clock p.m., and practice ends at 6. So, yeah, he's still in the middle of this recording, uh, likely sleeping. So instead, we brought him back up. Uh, shouldn't be a massive surprise on who it is. Kevin Rollins is here, and he should be giving us some good insider information because, hey, he's been at the track the past couple days. So, Kevin, it's great to have you on board.
1: Yeah, I kind of traded sides because the last couple days I was on uh, David Land's red pill.
0: So. yeah, not too much a competition though. I think you know that's like a like a hour and well, a half live stream out
1: So you did yeah anyways. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, anyway Let's get in Turn.
0: um so the first thing I want to talk about today was Graham Rahal actually set the fastest uh, speed of the day 226 point zero four seven um, Which was semi-surprising because he was one of the slowest yesterday I think what do you know what place he was in at the end of yesterday?
1: Um, I believe he was 34th yesterday. Yeah. Um, and funny to note, Graham Rahal was actually one of the slowest in the no toe speeds today. I want him to throw in the quick point that most of the fastest speeds were set in the first hour of the session, and nobody could really come close to those times in the rest of the day.
0: Yeah, Graham Rahal, like you sort of elaborated, had the second slowest uh, no toe speed of the day. The slowest ended up being uh, Jay Howard um speaking of jay howard who we have an interview with, yeah i just want to quickly throw this in kevin was lucky enough to get an interview with him earlier Uh, so here you go kevin and jay howard
1: everybody and we are here with verizon indycar series driver jay howard he races the number seven schmidt peterson motorsports uh honda so how are you how's the month going so far
2: yeah so far pretty good um yeah certainly this new aero package has definitely changed some things for sure yeah, you know, the overall balance when you're driving by yourself is pretty similar. It's getting in traffic, which is really the, the tough part. So, um, yeah, I'm with a good team, got a good group of guys behind me. So, hopefully, we can have a good race car. You know, obviously, everyone wants to qualify well. And, you know, I think for the engineers, it's a little bit of uh, that's kind of more their time for qualifying. Um, but come race time, that's when it really matters. So hopefully we'll have a good race car.
1: And One big change this year is the comeback of bumping. Do you think you guys are pretty solid?
2: Uh, you never know at this place. You think you are, and, you know, very quickly things can turn itself upside down. And so you're, you're never... Uh, you never, never get complacent, never think you're okay, you just keep trying to improve all the time, and yeah, like I say, i got a really good team of people behind me, so hopefully we should be in good shape.
1: We've heard a lot about uh, Aero Wash, especially in Turn 1, being a major factor. Mm-hmm. How bad really is it?
2: It's bad. Yeah, like really bad. So, um, and, yeah. we,
1: and we've also heard how
2: difficult it is to pass on the straightaways, yeah, that as well. Yeah, it's uh, right now. You wouldn't think um, racing-wise, not really sure if it's gonna be good, bad. You know, there's lots of different kind of theories behind it. You know, you get this big wash, and there's gonna be a lot of people lifting. You're certainly not gonna be doing laps full throttle behind other cars like you did uh, historically. So,
1: all right, so. Actually, this is the last question I didn't really throw out before, but have you had a Code Brown moment yet this month?
2: Uh, Yes, I just had one just a moment ago. I came in and asked for a new pair of
1: shorts. (laughs) All right, well, that was Jay Howard. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So there you have it. Hopefully, we can have Kevin get us a couple more interviews throughout the week. Uh, Obviously, it was great to have him pick up that one, and uh, a lot of great information coming from it. Uh, The next thing I want to go over here is that I talked about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, AJ Foyt is still quick, Tony Canaan. Had the fastest non-tow speed yesterday, and today he finished in uh, what it would have been uh, second place at the end of the day with a speed of 225.896. His teammate, Matthias Lice is also doing relatively well. He slotted in 14th at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, both of them, I mean, I think from a team like AJ Foyt, who doesn't really show that much at the speedway, um, I think it's a little bit interesting that they seem to have a decent grip on the new package so far.
1: Um, my note on AJ Foyt is that they've actually, they, they, the kind of joke was that they were very bad. Um, and it's taken a lot of years for the program to get to where it's at now. I mean, last year they switched to Chevy. I think they knew last year that they weren't going to be any good with, because they switched at, at the end of the arrow kit era to a new package. So, I think they thought that the Chevy was the way to go, and then also they picked up Tony Kanaan, which was huge for the program, and it has taken massive steps, and um, everyone thought that Mateus Slice was going to wreck it, trying to chase Tony Kanaan, and that has not happened yet. But also, something to note is they really haven't turned that many laps over the last number of days. They've been very much out of it. They've been very minimalistic when it comes to track time, which is kind of curious.
0: You know what's interesting is you pointed out that people thought Mateus Slice would uh, end up wrecking it drafting his teammate. But speaking of wrecks, we haven't seen really any of them yet. I know you guys were talking about it last night on David Land's IndyCar Red Pill live stream, um, speculating when the first crash of the week would be. And, and it was today. And uh, yeah, it was today. But we really, it wasn't on the same spectrum that we'd see from previous years, where especially during the early Aero Kit era in 2015, when you'd have cars flying. Yeah, that's Yeah, there the aero
1: elements on the cars, but... Yeah,
0: it's, it's definitely, I don't know, I think it's a lot more promising going into race day, but at the same time, I know you were also talking about teams are having a lot of issues today, especially in turns one and three with the aero push, um, and obviously this isn't a perfect representation of real life, but I'm a, an active member on iRacing, and uh, I was driving some laps of the Speedway earlier in the IR18, and... and Believe me when I say it, when you get into those turns, you better be prepared to be alert because uh, the car will definitely push up towards the wall. I assume that's the exact same thing that we've seen today, um, like you mentioned.
1: If I can throw out a theory real fast, I think part of it is uh, when you actually change directions, um, I believe the air, and this is just a complete theory, that the air would be actually pushing the, the back end up through the diffuser.
0: Yeah, I haven't really thought about that, but I mean... It's
1: possible because, remember, that thing is made for straight lines, not really for turning that much. And, I mean, also, it was windy today, and we almost seen Graham Rahal Bennett a couple of times because he really got up there, and he did a hell of a job not to crash. But then we actually seen someone crash because of the push, Um and the North Chute actually, it started in the exit of turn three, but then it actually progressed through the North Chute turn four. And it was J.R. Hildebrand. Um, it did very minimalistic damage to the car. Uh, it just destroyed the suspension on the back. Um, however, in terms of body work, it was very minimalistic. And it happened with 15 minutes or so to go in the sessions. So that's when we had the really big packs and literally everybody was going out at that time.
0: Yeah, I think what we've seen so far in practice is a little bit of the organized team running. However, when you get into a race setup, it'll definitely be interesting to see um, what results we see, especially with this dirty air. Could end up being a little bit of a problem on race day, but we'll have to see. Obviously, they'll be running different aero packages on race day than they were today because you said today in particular there were a lot of teams trimming out and... (laughs) Like you mentioned a couple times already, the cars seem to be very difficult to handle when they're fully trimmed out, especially in turns uh, one and three.
1: I heard that they were difficult when they weren't trimmed out. So that's kind of scary alone. But then you have uh, taking off that five degrees of wing, which is, you know, still a lot of downforce you're taking off, despite of how little the wing is and how little of an angle it really is. Um, But for sure, Schmidt-Peterson trimmed out at least Hinchcliffe. Um, I know Helio was trimmed out there for a little bit. Um, Of course, remember, if you're wondering why they're not throwing down, you know, 230s and all that, remember, they do have the qualifying boost that they get tomorrow. So really, the reason they trimmed out today was to get a feel for the cars when there's very little downforce on the cars. They're just trying to get a feel for it
0: not just in the corners, but on the straightaways, too. There were a lot of drivers saying it's very difficult to pass on the straightaway, and this is something that we speculated all the way back during our IndyCar preview. I think it was episode four of the Rain Race podcast. Uh, David Lynn in particular mentioned this, that because the cars have a lot less arrow pieces on them to create drag for you to slipstream up behind and and get past, um, I thought back at that time that we'd see a return of sort of the 2012-2013 DW12 drafting that we saw when we saw like a record number of passes back in 2013. But right now, uh, it actually looks like it might be a slight downgrade from last year in terms of on-track straightaway passing.
1: Yeah, I mean, in Happy Hour in particular, we've seen some passes, but nothing like we used to. Most of it, you got guys like Sebastian Bourdais who are actually ducking down low on the back straightaway to let people by. Because there's been very little passing, but at the same time though, it's been very sketchy. Um, and I mean, they've been adding arrow bits to the car, believe it or not, like little wickers on the, um, on the flicks. But overall, the biggest thing that the drivers have been complaining about is once you pull out you're pretty, it's almost like a drafting situation here. And I think the goal of IndyCar was to eliminate those slingshot passes that we've seen with the arrow kits. Yep. Um, but I think they've gone a step too far to where the the cars can't actually pass at all.
0: Uh, one of the the last things I want to go over here is, uh, I mentioned this yesterday, Dale Coyne really struggling to find pace, but they seem to have picked it up a little bit today. Uh, Sebastian Bourdais finding himself 15th at the end of the day. Um, Zachary Clayman Mello actually, who was... Dead last at the end of yesterday, found himself in seventh. Uh, so it looks like they may be sort of finding a little bit of that pace here and there. I know last well, year.
1: Also, you have to look at the Noto chart, and Bourdais is second.
0: Yeah, and I know last year as well. Um, Bourdais really seemed to surprise a lot of people on Fast Friday when they turned the boost up. He kind of came out of nowhere and picked up the fastest time. So. Possibly we'll see something like that tomorrow. I don't know if it'll be from Dale Coyne or if it'll be another surprise team Um, But the cars definitely do respond a lot differently when they get that extra boost So uh, it'll come down to who has the best setup coming into tomorrow Uh, Right now we're seeing the fastest average speed still from Marco Andretti 227.0 If you had to make a very early prediction, what would you say uh, we might be seeing tomorrow?
1: Well, I was actually, uh, talking to Tom Burns at the end of the day, who is, um, the co-owner for Connor Daly's car. Um, and I actually have a point on Connor Daly here in a minute, but he said that, that they get up to about five extra mile per hour. So if we see what we've seen, we could see them up into two thirty twos, um, based off of what Tom Burns said, um. I would not be surprised, honestly. Is that? A, I mean, I know we're going to see one of the Andretti's um, up in the 231s at least. If, it's probably going to be Marco or I'd even go out on the limb and say Munoz.
0: He said an extra five miles an hour. Is that average lap speed or is that top speed at the end of the straightaways? Average. Average? Wow. Um, yeah, I actually wasn't expecting to see that much of a difference, but I know I was speculating we could see around the low 230s yesterday so yeah that pretty much fall right in line with what i was talking about
1: i was uh actually where the spars were and when you hang with the spotters up in e penthouse you learn quite a bit and helio was going up to 231 in turn one
0: and granted they can still probably trim it out a tiny bit more to get a little bit more oh no
1: he wasn't trimmed out as full potential i got to look at the car when they was pulling him in off that run because I was looking for um a couple diecasts. Um and they still had the wickers on the front wing, but the rear wing was actually trimmed out. So, they had more downforce on the front than they than they did the back, ironically.
0: Last thing I want to go over here today um Elio Castroneves, Nevis, another leeway. Uh most laps at 110 at the end of the day. We saw uh 2771 laps run today. And I know somebody on Reddit was keeping track of, uh, if today's practice were qualifying, who would be getting bumped. And in today's case, it would be Connor Daly and Zach Veach. Um, I don't Um, know if you have the data on the no toe speeds for both of them.
1: Actually, let me, let me look at that real fast, but I do want to say that Helio was the guinea pig. He tried quite a few different arrow configurations on that car today, um, I know because I seen that car so many times come in and out of the garage and it'd only be in the garage for maybe about 10 minutes and it doesn't take long to change this up and go back through the tech line. Um, so they were trying a lot of different setups and in terms of, um, no tow, the guys who would be out would be Graham Rahal and Jay Howard, Jay Howard, the slowest with no tow being two eighteen point eight. However, Howard did lay a good enough time for, I believe like 14th or 16th or something like that. um, in the toe in the overall or well in the overall for today. And speaking of Connor Daly, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, I did speak to Tom Burns, who is the um, co owner of Connor Daly's car, and he said that they are very confident heading into qualifying weekend that he will be in the show pretty securely. Now again, I'm not gonna hold my breath on that one. Connor is very happy with the way his car is right now. Um, however, he also mentioned that they really haven't trimmed it out, so that's kind of scary, especially if you're going to stick Connor on, a, on the track with um, a car he really doesn't know with extra boost, that and he, they haven't trimmed it out at all yet. But he did say that the team did a remarkable job transforming that 17 car from the 19 that ran on the Grand Prix track in the IndyCar Grand Prix on last Saturday.
0: All right, uh, that's going to wrap it up for this one. I uh, appreciate you all listening. A little bit of a longer episode today with that Jay Howard interview, um, but like we've said before, tomorrow is Fast Friday. We'll be turning up the boost on the cars. If you're going to be looking for some, turning up the action. Yeah, if you're going to be looking for some drama, if you want to tune into any of the practice sessions this week, I'd say that's the one you want to uh, take a look at. It's going to give us the biggest indication on what's to come for qualifying this weekend. Uh, I once promise again,
1: Kyle. Oh, I was going to say, I promise Kyle will be on the show tomorrow night because he will actually be with me in person. Yes. Kyle.
0: <laughs> yeah. As long as he's not sleeping. Um, and
1: also stay tuned tomorrow for a unknown to you guys uh, driver interview.
0: Oh, boy. That's exciting. Um, oh, yeah. Once again, I just want to uh, thank Kevin for joining us on this one. He gave us some great uh, expertise info because he was at the track. And we will see you tomorrow for another episode of Rain Race Podcast, Indianapolis 500 Extra.